0: hello, hello, not exactly a Mexican hello, but I've always wanted to do the great hello from Seinfeld that Jerry and George did in that one episode that drove Jerry's girlfriend crazy. When They would go, hello. And I don't know why it was so funny, but it was so funny um, when they would do the voice Okay, so let me get back to Mexico, where I am currently living, Mexico City. Hola, live from Mexico City. It's my podcast, My Mexican Mistakes. This is, I don't know, episode 670. I've lost count. Um, I've lost count of how many episodes, but I think it's like 15 at this point. Um, And uh, it's carried on... Apple, uh, and Spotify, and Anchor, and Google Play, and something called Pocket Cast, and about seven other platforms that I cannot remember the names of, because marketing is not exactly my strong suit. So I'm not quite sure where I am, except I know for certain it's on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and Anchor. Um, Okay. Anyway, enough with that. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being um, a fan if you are. And uh, this is another chapter in a series of podcasts, broadcasts from Mexico City. I moved here in June to start a new life. And I left Chicago. I left my family, my friends. I left my job. I left a great apartment that I loved in the West Town area to move to Mexico City to write and to live the telenovela of my dreams. And as some of you know if you've been listening, um when I when I made the decision to move here, yes, it did occur to me. I had never been to Mexico before. Not Cancun, not Puerto Vallarta, not all the vacation, uh, big tourist places on the beaches. I'd never been to Mexico. I have been learning Spanish from telenovelas, so my Spanish is not really effective, but it is very dramatic. And if I, uh, you know, get pregnant, I know what to say. Estoy embarazada. Um, And that stops everything, by the way, in a telenovela when the woman announces she's pregnant. It might be good. It might not be. It's always hard to know. It depends, you know, basically on uh, who the father is. But I'll tell you what. One thing it totally stops in a telenovela is anybody hurting her. And so um, I have decided here when people said, well, you know, aren't you afraid? And it's a different country, and you don't know the language, you don't know the metric system, you'll never understand the money, even though it is based on the decimal system. So it's inexcusable that I still haven't figured out the money. But they're like, what are you going to do? Do you have like a safety plan? Can you call 911? Um, And my safety plan is I have one, and it's based upon what I've learned from telenovelas, which is I am going to yell, Estoy emperezada if anybody tries to you know hurt me or take anything from me, um, because based upon what I've seen in novellas, yelling that you're pregnant can save your life. Um, and having said that, I have been here for almost, I don't know, like five months. Um, I've been here since June 1st like five months, I think. And uh, I have never felt unsafe. I love it here. The people are super warm and helpful. Um, And it's it's such an elegant and beautiful city. And I know in every episode, I talk about the city and I talk about the mistakes I make, which is what this entire podcast was based on, because I make plenty of mistakes here. And even when it comes close to the time of doing a new podcast, and I'm worried I might not have a mistake to talk about, have no fear. I always have a mistake to talk about. So here's what happened just a few days ago. I had decided, I'm living in San Angel now, which is so beautiful, cobblestone streets, um, houses that... Are set back off the street behind the biggest walls you've ever seen. Um, Like, but they're walls that are covered in flowers, and they're walls that are like decorated and um, have like tiles inlaid in them. Some of the walls look like they're made out of wood, but like a super thick, super strong wood. But behind those walls, when you can get a glimpse at the house, when somebody either opens a door or like the garage. Um, and you can get a glimpse into those houses. They're fantastic. Um, they're like something like out of a storybook. Um, and San, in San Angel, uh, it like the streets are kind of hilly. Yes, just like everywhere in Mexico City, inexplicably, the curbs are super high. In many spots. And I believe uh, that that is the best evidence that cars have the right of way and people don't. Because if you're crossing a street and that curb is so high it just looks, you know, impassable, just look for a driveway because there's going to be a ton of them. And of course, they're perfectly, um, I don't know, whatever, however, when cement is like done really well, they're smooth, there's not a crack, they're so easy to walk up. That's because cars have the right of way here, not pedestrians. No one cares if you can't cross the street because the curb is too high. Because already it's pretty hard to cross the street because cars are coming from the east, west, north, and south, all at the same time. There's like four different traffic lights controlling four different streets at one intersection and I guarantee you none of those traffic lights are for you if you're on foot. So between that and then the curbs being in some corners almost impassable, um, you just look for a driveway and you'll be fine. And there'll be a driveway like within two feet of you. It's not like you have to search for a driveway because, oh no, cars have very easy access to everything they want pedestrians, not so much. It's about my only criticism of Mexico City is that even though it is a beautiful walking city, um, and there's so much to see, you do have to always look down because I guarantee you, you're going to be coming up on either a gigantic crack, a tree growing through the sidewalk, um, a dip, um, a raise, I don't know, what's the opposite of a dip? Like if there's a dip, in the sidewalk, and then you walk two feet, then you're going to have to go up. But I don't know what that's called. But you know what I mean. Now, a funny thing on that note, and I was not going to talk about this, but it just reminds me of something that I've seen, which is this, where there are cuts on the curb for uh, wheelchairs, like a handicap access, um, which doesn't exist at every curb, But if you get to an intersection and you look around on one of those four corners, you might spot a handicap cut, Um, but not always. But many times when there is a handicap cut, there's actually a sign that says that the cut has been sponsored by Coca-Cola. The handicap access has been sponsored by Coca-Cola. And I'm not quite sure how that happens does somebody, like it's the equivalent of streets and sanitation, go to Coca-Cola and say, hey, we want to have some more handicap access to these um, curbs. Uh, we need you know, to be able to have people that either uh, have a limitation walking or maybe you're in a wheelchair. They need to get across the street. Coca-Cola, can you help us out? Like whose idea was it to go to Coca-Cola... And say, hey, help us with the handicap access. I don't know. I would love to get down to the bottom of that. And I would like to see companies sponsoring more things in Chicago. I'd have to think about what those things are and what those companies are. But I think that, once again, Mexico has discovered a golden opportunity that we have not taken advantage of uh, in the States. So... Yes, much of the access for uh, people with disabilities are provided by Coca-Cola. I can't explain why, but I think it's brilliant. Um, So, now, let me tell you about my mistake, which was this. So, a few days ago, even though I am living in San Angel, I'm not far from Condesa, and I decided to return to my old stomping grounds of Condesa, as I do sometimes, Um, because I was dying for fish tacos from Pescadito. And if you don't know Pescadito, and you're in Mexico City, or you're coming to Mexico City, you've got to go to Pescadito. I think there's like three or four of them. Um, They are like the greatest fish tacos, Um, with, quite frankly, the best condiments bar I have ever seen in my life. Now, I do want to say this. In Chicago, I love the Billy Goat for burgers. But what I love even more than the burgers is the condiment bar because they have bins of pickles and onions. So there's no limitation on how many pickles and onions you can put on your burger. And I always like to get like a lot for my burger, not so much the onions, um, but a lot of pickles and then a lot of pickles on the side because what's better than that? Nothing. At Pescadito, let me just think of what the what how if I go down the whole condiment bar, like where it starts and where it ends. So you well let me explain this. You step up in line and you order your fish. Uh, Well, you order what you want. Shrimp tacos, uh, regular fish tacos, Marlin. I don't know. They have all kinds of fish tacos Um, and none of them are expensive. And they're frying it right in front of you. So everything is so fresh. And then some guy wanders up to you and says, what do you want to drink? And he points to the cooler. And whatever it is you say, he'll pull from the cooler. And then that guy picks where you're going to sit. So you have to like look for your beverage after you get the food. It's an interesting setup. Quite frankly, I like to pick my own spot, but I'm not going to argue because I don't really speak Spanish well enough to argue about that. Um, And that is like, (laughs) You know, I used to love to argue in Chicago. Like, everywhere I went, I liked to have a little bit of an argument just to kind of keep my brain on top of things. Um, and, uh, you know, no, I don't want to sit here, I want to sit there. Um, you know, that kind of a thing. Not unpleasant, just, you know, I I sort of did have... I do have to admit, I did like to engage in arguments here and there. I do not ever engage in an argument here because my Spanish isn't good enough. And I'm not even close to being good enough to argue. So no matter what happens, I just say gracias. And I find that I am a much nicer person in Mexico City than I ever was in Chicago. And that's pretty much because I don't speak the language. And I'm totally relying on the kindness of strangers. Um, so anyway, so you wait in line, like maybe two minutes for the fish taco or whatever, fish platter. And then the guy puts your beverage down at a seat, and then they give you a piece of paper that has what you ordered on it. Like when they hand you the tacos, like like I got two tacos. They hand you the tacos, they hand you the piece of paper that's like the little bill that has what you ordered on the bill. So in my case, it was two tacos and a bottle of water. Um, <clears throat> but you don't pay There and then you just sit down with your food and you eat it while it's still hot. Of course, you make the stop at the condiment bar, which is where I started with this. So here's how the condiment bar goes. First of all, there's coleslaw, like regular American coleslaw, which I have totally missed. It's like the only place I have seen regular the coleslaw like I ate my whole life in Chicago. Okay, so there's coleslaw. Now there's um like red pickled onions. Then there's I guess white pickled onions or maybe not pickled. Then there's all different kinds of peppers. Then there's some uh fresh salsa or pico de gallo behind the bins of condiments are is lined up like I don't know like eight different kinds of salsas and hot sauces. But there's also bins of salsa verde, green salsa, red salsa, some oh, and then bottles of kind of like a fish, almost not tartar sauce, almost like Thousand Island. Like it's like you've seen this taco sauce on taco on fish taco, this taco sauce on fish tacos, even in the states. It's like pink, and it's kind of like Thousand Island dressing, but not really. But it has cilantro and lime in it and I don't know what else it's delicious like a Baja sauce then there's bins of limes um because of course lime goes on everything um and then I think there's another bin of like a different kind of salsa there's like 10 bins of condiments and then there's bottles of sauces and hot sauces lined up behind the bins it's it's remarkable And it's also delicious. So anyway, so I went to the taco place. Then I did a couple errands that I could have done in San Angel. But as long as I was there, I did them, you know, in Condesa. But as I was walking down one of the streets in Condesa, I noticed, first of all, a couple of police cars, not exactly blocking the intersection, but definitely pulled up kind of haphazardly into the middle of the intersection, like they might not be thinking, oh, let's block the intersection. But I think they were thinking, I don't really care where we park. And I don't care where they park either. Um, so I didn't really, didn't bother me or anything. But I did notice it because they had their lights on. Um, and they were just stopped. And then I saw a, I noticed a crowd of people in and around the police cars. And I noticed the police were talking to a lot of these people. So I thought, From a distance, it might have been a car accident or something. I mean, I'll be honest, I wasn't really that interested because I was paying very close attention to the sidewalk that I was walking on because there were a lot of cracks. Um, And I just know I'm going to have a big fall here, and I'm dreading it. Um, So I do everything I can to avoid falling, and that includes looking down a lot at the sidewalks I'm walking on. Condessa is a neighborhood with um, where you will find a lot of construction on different blocks. I guess because of the um, earthquake, it did destroy, unfortunately, or damage a lot of buildings. And then there's just a lot of rehabbing going on. and So it's very busy with a lot of stuff happening in the construction business. And I did notice, like construction trucks, and then you know, obviously the police, and then these people. But then, when I got closer to them, I realized everybody—the police, the the civilians, the people, like—and the construction sites—they were all pointing at something. And there were like forty people that were all pointing at something. And so I turned around because it was like they were pointing. First, I thought maybe they were pointing at me. But then I thought, no, that's completely paranoid um, because they weren't. But they were pointing behind me. And so I turned around to see what they were pointing at. And I couldn't tell. I looked up. I believed I was looking up in the same direction they were looking. I was looking up at where they were pointing um, and then someone looked over at me and smiled and nodded like, can you believe this? Except I still don't know. I didn't know what they were pointing at then. I still don't know what they were pointing at now. Um, I. It was weird because they were all looking at something that I couldn't see. And I did have my contact lenses in. I took off my sunglasses. I stood there. I tried to kind of get out of the way. Um, so that I could really study it and figure out what the hell are they looking at. But I could not. And I didn't want to ask anybody what they were looking at, because A, I didn't know how to say it, and B, if they would have told me what they were looking at in Spanish, I probably wouldn't have understood it. Um, and I didn't want to give the game away that, I couldn't speak Spanish. So I thought better to stand here and look like I'm totally part of the scene, than open my mouth and reveal I'm not because let me tell you something. I will walk into a business and be like Hola or Buenas tardes or whatever. I will give the most minimal greeting in Spanish, correct Spanish. I won't say perfect Spanish um but I'll say correct spanish a very simple greeting buenos dias hola and yet as soon as I open my mouth and say one or two little words they immediately know that I don't that I'm an american and so then they're like oh do you want an american menu or sorry i don't speak english or whatever they'll go out of their way to accommodate me it's not like something bad happens. It's just that I just wish for once somebody would think I was Mexican. Um and that I would not give myself away as soon as I said the most simple words. And I don't know if that's my Chicago accent coming out in the Spanish. I don't know. All I know is I have not, not once have I been mistaken for a Mexican woman. Um while I've been here, once I've opened my mouth. But if I stay quiet, and somebody speaks to me spontaneously, they always speak in Spanish, because they assume I'm from here. I like that better. I like that better than opening my mouth and giving the game away. So I'm gonna, I'm putting this under the category of a mistake, because I probably made a mistake by not seeing what it was they were all pointing at what brought the police out um i you know I was looking for somebody maybe about to jump out of the window or a downed power line. No, I didn't see anything like that, so I have no idea what they were looking at, and I'll never know and that will be another mystery of Mexico City, and maybe it's a mistake to be afraid to open my mouth sometimes and give the game away. But sometimes I just want people to think that I'm from here, and I did when I was in Condessa, um, at that corner. Uh, anyway, so not the world's biggest mistake, and maybe not a mistake at all, but it definitely is a mystery. Um, so in a few tomorrow. My friend Maria is coming here from Chicago to visit me here in Mexico City. She's never been to Mexico before, or Mexico City before. And I was thinking of all the things I could show her, and the things that are interesting in Mexico City, which is like about a gazillion things. But as I was thinking about what to do with her when she got here, and Also, at the same time thinking about this podcast, it sort of reminded me of the things that I love about Mexico City that I may not have mentioned yet. One of the things is this, the word for cash in Spanish is efectivo, like take the word effect or the word effective and change the E at the end to an O, efectivo, that's cash. I think that's the greatest translation of a word ever because there is nothing more effective than cash. And so it's just called effectivo. It's very effective. It's like one of my favorite words here. Um, We're getting ready. I like to say we as if I'm actually doing something. We're getting ready here for the Day of the Dead celebrations, which I'll talk more about in... Oh, pardon me, I sneezed. Um, what do you do when you sneeze in a podcast? I I have not heard a sneeze in a podcast. I'm sure it's happened. Um, I guess I'll just say excuse me and go on. Um, I'm going to talk about Day of the Dead, much more about it in the next podcast, because it will be on the heels of the Day of the Dead uh, celebrations, and which are um, from basically the night of October 31st, yes, I know that's Halloween. Day of the Dead is not Mexican Halloween, so get that mistaken idea out of your head right now. Um, but uh, it, it really kicks in November 1st and November 2nd. And it's huge, but I will. it's like Independence Day. Remember my last podcast? Um, it's even bigger. So I will talk more about that in a couple of weeks. But the city is alive with three huge celebrations coming up Halloween day of the dead and Christmas because just like in the States all the Christmas stuff is out I was at the mall a couple weeks ago all the Christmas stuff was out so in I'm sorry to report that in Mexico City they suffer from the same over commercialization of Christmas that we do in the States um I know I was talking a lot about the condiments at, in, uh, at Pescadito. Um, and it's funny because I wanted to talk to you about condiments anyway. I know condiments are not exactly an interesting topic. It's not like i run out of material. But I think you need to know, if you like condiments, that you've got to get to Mexico City. Because when you sit down... The first thing they put on the table is not water, it's condiments. And there's a place near me, um, Don Manolito. It's a taco place, and it's it's very good. Um, but my favorite part about Don Manolito is when you sit down, a guy comes over with a huge tray packed with tiny dishes, and every one of those dishes contains a different condiment, And he puts them all down on the table. You haven't even ordered yet. And your table is filled with little dishes of condiments. And I'm going to go down the list because I wrote the list when I was there the other day. Salsa verde, which is green salsa, which is my favorite. Salsa rojo, which is red. (coughs) Pardon me. Um, And you might get like two or three different red salsas. Because one is super hot. One is more like chipotle one isn't so hot. onions, cilantro, lime, a little dish of uh, chicharron, um cheese and chips. You haven't even ordered yet and your table is filled with that. And it he puts it down very dramatically and I just it's like one of my favorite things to watch. You can't use every single one of those to condiments on whatever you're eating. It would be impossible your taco would completely fall apart because it would be so heavy and soggy. But um, you can certainly use a lot of them. And since I love condiments, it's really one of my favorite things that happens. I want to show Maria the condiment selection of Mexico City. Maria, based upon what she has heard in my podcasts, will probably agree because what Maria has told me she would like to see in Mexico City is not necessarily the museum of anthropology or the palacio de las bellas artes or the zocalo uh, the diego rivera murals the frida kahlo house in coyoacan no she's not against any of those things but here's what she would like to see she wants to go to a bakery because in what in a previous podcast i described what happens in a bakery, which is the complete opposite of what goes on in a bakery in Chicago. Um, the milk aisle, where there is in a supermarket, the cold dairy section is really not big. There might be a small selection of fresh milk, um, but what you are more likely to find is a humongous aisle filled with a never-ending selection Of milk that doesn't have to be refrigerated, and a wall full of eggs that are not refrigerated, and they're fine. I've been drinking that milk. I've been eating those eggs. It's not like there's anything wrong with it. They're they're just there's something about them where they don't need to be refrigerated. Maria wants to see it for herself. Um, She wants to see the gigantic curbs. She wants to hear that uh, the recording of the woman you know uh that i've talked about before where they're like the junkers basically um collecting all the old crap in your house you want to get rid of like your old mattress or your old microwave or whatever uh they'll come and pick it up and there's they go up and down the streets they're all over and the recording is like called jones refrigeradores, this litany of things that they will take from your house, and you hear it everywhere, and it's like the biggest sign of Mexico City. You know you're in Mexico City when you hear that recording of that woman, and that pleading—not pleading, like plaintive voice—going, colchones, refrigeradores, and everything else. And then there's the guy who walks around with a tamale cart and has a similar recording except he's saying things like Oaxacanos, tamales, um, and they really are part of the sounds of Mexico City. So Maria has told me that's what she wants to do. Now I've got a list. The Tora Bus, the Zocalo, uh, the Opera Cafe, Cafe Tucaba, Sanborns, um, Museum of Anthropology, Chapultepec Castle. There's like a gazillion great things here to see, But I'm so flattered and proud that Maria wants to see the idiotic things I've talked about on this podcast before that fascinate me. Um, And uh, so, you know, first stop is the bakery. Uh, And it took me three visits to figure out how to maneuver in a Mexican bakery. But I was never so proud as when I told a friend of mine I had figured out how to maneuver the Mexican bakery And he said I was a true Mexicana. Nothing makes me happier than when someone who is a Mexicano or a Mexicana tells me I'm a true Mexicana. It's happened twice. Once when my friend Luis, when I told him that I knew how to figure out the bakery. But I only learned it because I watched, I finally figured out I better just watch what a customer does here. And then I shadowed the customer. Most people shadow people for like important things like, you know, medical school or mentoring programs, whatever. No, I shadow people at the bakery and also uh, learning how to cross the street here. But anyway, when I told him I finally figured out my way around the bakery, he said I was a true Mexicana. The only other time that happened was when I told my friend Christina that, I love putting hot sauce on popcorn. I saw them do that at the movies. When you get popcorn, there's like two or three different kinds of hot sauce. I'm telling you, in Mexico City, condiments are king. But anyway, and then you just take some of the hot sauce and squirt it all over the popcorn, and it's delicious. How have I gone my whole life not putting Valentina hot sauce on popcorn? But when I told Christina that that's what I was doing, She's like, girl, you're a true Mexicana. I could not be happier to hear that. So what I'm thinking of doing is this. If Maria really likes seeing the crazy things I have talked about on this podcast, like unrefrigerated eggs, trees coming through sidewalks, um, you know, 15 condiments every time you sit down to eat, If she really likes that and it works out, then I may start a tour company here and it will be that kind of a tour because this place is loaded with every kind of tour you can imagine. So why not a tour of, I wouldn't call it the hidden parts of Mexico City because then people will think it's like, you know, a secrets of the Zocalo tour or a ghost tour. It will actually be the things you pass by every day and never saw how funny they were. Um, so we'll see. As we say in Spanish, vamos a ver. Maria will be here tomorrow. We'll see how it all goes. When I come back next time, I'll tell you how my crazy tour worked out. And also um, about the Day of the Dead celebrations. I hope you liked this. If you did, um, if you can, please give it a good rating on uh I guess Apple is where the rating system is. Um, And even if you didn't like it, give it a good rating. What the heck? Do me a favor. Um, And I will see you next time. Nos vemos pronto. Gracias.